Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Hopeful Environmentalist. I am so happy to have our guest speaker on today to talk about something that's super important, the Inflation Reduction Act. What is it? How can it help me? How can I start taking advantage of the incentives that it's offering? And really why it's a huge climate bill. So let me introduce our guest speaker because again, I really want to get into this episode. This is a mini episode so that it's easily digestible and you can get all those resources that we need. So our guest speaker is Shannon Baker Brandstetter, the Senior Director of Domestic Climate Policy at the Center for American Progress. They are an experienced attorney with over 15 years of working on a variety of public interest policy topics, including consumer rights, public health, employment law, civil rights, and energy, transportation, and environmental law at state and federal levels. They earned a JD from Georgetown University Law Center, a Master's of Public Policy from the University of California, Los Angeles, and a Bachelor's Degree from Yale University. So I am so excited to introduce our guest speaker. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. We're so excited to have you on. Hi, Taylor. Thanks for having me. So I think something that's really important that needs to be talked about more is the new Inflation Reduction Act. And even as someone in this space, in the climate space, I'm I'm myself very confused and not aware of all of the things it offers. So do you mind providing us with an overview of what the new Inflation Reduction Act in the United States is and why it's being named the biggest climate bill in U.S. history so far? Sure. Yes. So it is a uh, very extensive bill. There's lots of fantastic investments in climate priorities, as well as in lowering healthcare costs. Um, I can focus on the climate part, which is $369 billion in investments. And a reminder that this is funded through higher corporate taxes. Um, So this is really a great use of those funds um, to be able to reduce energy costs um, for households, for businesses, and to invest in clean energy, clean vehicles, uh, greener buildings, um, and in manufacturing, especially domestic manufacturing um, for green tech. So um, it's just really exciting. And I think it will take um, a little while for all the different parts to really be implemented. And so people will kind of feel it in bits and pieces. But um, in the next 10 years, it'll really help revolutionize our, our clean energy economy. And that's that's so amazing. So what what are some of these incentives that are included in the bill and how can the general public and people listening to this podcast start taking advantage of these incentives? Yes. So the best place for general information to go is cleanenergy.gov. And that lists quite a few of the household um, benefits and tax credits. So there are two different types of benefits. There are tax credits and rebates. The rebates are going to be coming out later this year. um, And those are available to low-income households that can cover the entire cost of electric heat pumps, um, more insulation, replacing um, stoves with electric, that that kind of thing. So those rebates are going to be really impactful, um, especially for people who may not have the upfront you know, money to, to invest in um, solar or something like that. So I think that that'll be really impactful. And then right now, the tax credits are available to all households, and that uh, includes 30% off um, of solar panel installation. That includes um, discounts on insulation, windows, weatherization, um, up to $1,200, and then also includes tax credits for electric vehicles, both used and new. 
So the, the used uh, vehicle tax credits are, are brand new, and that's really exciting that people can save up to $4,000 on a, a used electric vehicle. And again, those are available to low-income households in particular. The new EV tax credit is available to everybody, but the used EV tax credit is um, reserved for, for low-income households, low and, low and moderate income. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I feel like a big barrier to a lot of people, what we all think is a big barrier to environmental new environmental technology, I'd want to put it out, or cleaner energy is prices. So hearing that this does help and assist with some of those costs to be able to transition to a cleaner world is is phenomenal. So what what important necessary climate initiatives does the Inflation Reduction Act lack? Yeah, so I think there's a lot to help save money and a lot to stimulate good business decisions towards um, cleaner energy and, and cleaner choices. But there aren't any sticks or caps or real um, hard requirements for industry or power plants or other polluters to clean up. And so that's where regulations come in. And so the Clean Air Act provides a pathway to do that. And so we are going to be seeing in the next year a, a strengthening of regulations to protect public health. So on power plants and in vehicles, uh, we're really pushing and, and hoping for, for strong standards to protect public health and to reduce emissions. And so the Inflation Reduction Act investment really made it a lot cheaper to, to make those kinds of investments and retrofits. And so together, both the, the new regulations and the IRA investments um, will help get us to that, that cleaner future and, and lower costs at the same time. Kind of on that note, are there any new policies that people should be keeping an eye out for? And if so, what what how can we advocate for these policies and make sure that they do come to fruition? Yeah, so I think at every level, whether it's local, state, or federal, of course, voting really matters. Um, getting people in office who, who value climate, who prioritize democratic participation, and and really want people to be participating in, in our democracy and supporting cl uh, climate change action. And um, I think at the local level, there's also a chance to work with community groups to apply for some of the funding directly. So there are going to be block grants for climate justice and environmental justice to do local community-led projects. Um, and so that's really exciting. There are, are grants to clean up ports you know, and other heavy-duty uh, vehicle pollution. And so um, working with um, either community leaders or, or local or state leaders to make sure that that funding comes to communities is going to be really important. There's also money for air quality monitoring um, and other projects like that as well. I think that's amazing because something I love to push and love to talk about is local level and community because I think a lot of what people think is oh, it always has to be federal. It always has to be big. And it's like, a lot of this can happen on the local level as well. So thank you for bringing that up. And that's so amazing that these initiatives are reaching the local level and helping to grow local and grassroots organizations. Definitely. I, I think that if, if people need assistance in applying for those grants, you know, there is also technical assistance through the Environmental Protection Agency and other agencies that are putting out these grants. There's also going to be a, the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund, which is essentially a, a big green bank that will also be providing grants and loans for zero emission technology projects, community solar, um, and other, other projects. So those will also be distributed, hopefully, in all 50 states. 
Oh wow, I have I have not heard of that. See, I'm I do my my master's right now is environmental science and policy, and I feel sometimes I'm still so out of the loop on all of the amazing initiatives and policies that are out there. So thank you for bringing that up. I've def- I'm definitely about to do some research on that one. I've never heard of it. <laughs> Great. So kind of going, there was a poll that I saw that said around 61% of U.S. adults said that they know little to nothing about the Inflation Reduction Act and its incentives. How can we ensure and how can the White House ensure that more people are made aware of these critical incentives so that people can start taking advantage of them and pushing for better and cleaner air and a cleaner environment in general? Yeah, so the White House and federal agencies do have plans to to communicate with the public to get the word out. And then also state energy offices will be working um, directly with contractors, um, as well as just public information campaigns um, to get the, the word out. But yeah, I, I think the tax credit part, you know, those are available right now. And so if people are thinking about any kind of upgrade, whether that's getting an electric heat pump or sealing their home or or any or getting solar panels anything like that definitely go to cleanenergy.gov but it it will be a, a education process for sure i think that some people may be aware of energy star rebates and that kind of a thing so this will will build on on those kinds of education efforts awesome yeah and how can the general public continue to keep pressure on our elected officials to take action on climate change and to continue to create the ambitious climate policies that we need? Yeah, I mean, I think taking action to t- take advantage of these these programs and these credits, like I said, working with with communities to to make sure that these funds are flowing and people are able to really see the benefits. I think the more you know successful projects, the more people will see the government really working for them. And I think everybody loves a, a ribbon cutting. So you know, getting those projects um, out the door and, and seeing the the real impacts for people, whether it's um, electric school buses or you know new bridges or removing lead from pipes, you know, some of those are in the infrastructure bill as well, but they also really help build, lay the groundwork um, for, for clean energy economy. So I think, you know, job training is something that also is going to be really important. There are going to be lots of new jobs in solar, wind, manufacturing. And we're, we're seeing already, I think there was a study just out the other day that since the Inflation Reduction Act, more than 100,000 jobs have um, been created in clean energy technologies. So that's all, all really exciting. And so, yeah, keeping in contact with members of Congress and uh, local officials, state officials to keep the, the clean energy economy economy uh, rolling and keep these energy saving benefits coming to households, I think will be really important. Yeah. And I, it's funny because I had that written down that I was going to bring that up. So thank you for bringing up the (laughs) hundred thousand jobs. I, I saw it on social media the other day and I was like, wow, like people, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, well, we're, if we get rid of fossil fuels, you know, we're not going to have, we're getting rid of jobs. And it's like, there will be a transition and we need that transition. And in New York right now with one of the organizations I work for, um, we're lobbying, like it's going to be all these clean jobs, clean energy jobs, and we're pushing for it in New York. So let's hope it, it goes through. But yeah, it's amazing that all these jobs that will be created are are out there. Yeah, definitely. And that's another thing that the Inflation Reduction Act does. It has quite a few incentives for for onshoring and for domestic assembly um, and also for um, paying prevailing wage. So lots of different provisions that are thinking holistically about the clean energy economy, not just um, increasing green technology, but also increasing the economy here um, and making sure that those jobs are are created here. Yeah, it's so awesome and so, so needed and so crucial. 
Is there any other resources that people, I know you mentioned the cleanenergy.gov. Is there any other resources that people can utilize as well to keep up on this information? Yeah, for the home energy tax credits and rebates, as well as for electric vehicles, um, you can go to the Rewiring America calculator. It's really useful. You can put in your your zip code, your household income, and then it tells you um, what uh, credits and rebates are or will be available. So that that's a really helpful resource. Rewiring America calculator. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll add those all <laughs> in the description. So everyone listening, you will be able to have a link right to it. Um, is there anything else that you would like to discuss or talk about in regards to policy? Well, I think that electric heat pumps are something that people may not know very much about, um, and that it's a huge um, climate saver. Um, they're, they're, it's basically an all-in-one air conditioner and heater, and the technology is just improving really quickly. We saw in Maine recently with that extreme cold that even people who had heat pumps in that extreme cold were still able to um, stay warm. And so um, that's something that helps people get rid of natural gas in their home and have um, a comfortable, very efficient um, heater and cooling system. It's definitely something I have. I've heard a little bit about it in my job, but it's something that needs to be pushed more and talked about more because it's such a cool technology that I, I, again, I know very little about it, but like you just mentioned, it's still very efficient and effective. So having these other options other than fossil fuels and pushing and trying to get off those are very important. Yeah, so that, that that's my nerdy um, but important um, <laughs> public service announcement. I mean, solar panels, I think people are much more aware of, but um, electric heat pumps are, are really fantastic too, as well as electric stoves and other electric appliances. Yeah, that's it's something that, again, like you just mentioned, it's like we always hear about electric cars and the solar panels, but we don't hear about all the other amazing things that we can put in our own homes for our own health and then for the planet's health as well. Absolutely. Yes. And and now there are lots of discounts to help make it cheaper to do so. Yes. Yeah, so that is very important because I feel like that's the big barrier. You know, I was like talking to my own parents about having that in, in their home and they're like, oh, well, I don't know about like the prices. So I'll make them listen to this podcast episode <laughs> and hear about all the incentives that are out there. Sounds good. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. It, this was a very great conversation. Thanks, Taylor. It was delightful to talk to you. And that wraps up this episode of The Hopeful Environmentalist. I really and truly hope that this episode helped you learn more about the Inflation Reduction Act. I know it helped me. You know, I, like I said, kind of knew nothing about it. And I know it was just like a big climate bill. And this really helped me to learn more about it and collect the resources I need. So thank you to our guest speaker. And thank you to everybody who's listening. And please feel free to share these resources. I will be linking the resources discussed in this episode down below in the description. So please feel free to share those resources and to share this with everybody you know, because it's really important that now that we have these incentives, that people have access to them. So please share this episode, share the resources, and I really hope that this was helpful. So always remember to stay hopeful and create positive change.